Am I making the right choices? Am I wise? One of the greatest things that you can ever do is to choose an approach to life that gets you to the goals you set. I would argue that some people have a desire that will never be reached because of their approach. It's the way you land the plane. It's the way you engage conversations. You will never have a good marriage. I don't care who you're married to. Because your approach to relationships is one that just does not work with people. Maybe Martians, people from another planet, but the way you talk to men will never give you one. You can dress yourself up, fix your hair, nails, look really, you can bling out, but you will never have a good relationship with a woman or a man because of the way you relate. You won't have good friends. It's your approach to work. No matter where you work, you will complain. You will find yourself on the bad side of the discussion. They won't promote you. It's your approach to people. It's the way you approach meetings, the way you approach issues. That you, when you are not agreed with, there is something that happens when people can't manage disagreement. There's something healthy about everybody not agreeing with you. Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. You don't want to be the kind of person who, who always has to be approved because you can be wrong. And there's something healthy about understanding that maybe my problem is my approach. Could that be the issue? Maybe everybody in the world is not unwise. The word wise is a simple word that means something profound. It means to have knowledge, experience, and good judgment. Say that with me, please. Come on. Knowledge, experience, and good judgment. I didn't put that in your notes, but you can write it down if you like. But it means to have knowledge, experience, and what else? Come on, say it again. Say knowledge experience, and good judgment. You learned lessons in your life that gave you knowledge. I had this moment the other day. I'll be 59 this year. And I was, uh, I don't, that's real close to 60. <laughs> Closest I've ever been. And I had a moment. I had to say, hey, hey, hey. You know what I decided I'd do? Redefine 60. That's a weak hand clap. Come on, come on. Redefine it. See, 60 to some folks are like this, yeah, see. But I'm more, I'm gonna redefine it, praise God. Exercise, take care of myself, sleep right, declare God's blessing and prosperity in my life, plan to do good things, travel the world, reach people for Christ, have a happy life, happy marriage. I told Diane, I'm going to be chasing you at 80. Praise God. I'm going to still be running after you. You better run, girl. I'm coming. <laughs> I told her, I'm coming 80 years old. You're going to be saying, whoa, you're too old. Not today, I'm not. Not today. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's bad. I apologize. <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you, you got to redefine these ages. You know, some of you getting scared at 40 and 50. You need to check out, check on yourself. You don't have to be like everybody else. That's what I tell myself. I don't have to be like everybody else. That's not, that doesn't have to be my testimony. You know, you see people sometimes, you know, you see them, you, they scare you. They say, we went to school together. Shh, don't tell nobody that. Shh. Keep, keep, keep that quiet. Don't tell nobody. We went to school together. My goodness gracious. What happened to you? You know.
know it's the truth. <laughs> but even if, even, you know, even if you're one of those people who say, well, I, I lived a rough, rough life, now let's change it. That's what this series is about, building a future. And the way you build a future is you decide to be wise. You decide to be a wise person who now has knowledge, you now have experience, and now you know exactly what this means. I did put it in those for you. Are you wise? Wise means knowledgeable and experienced. And, and it also means good judgment. And so it's really important for you to understand that that's, that's important for you. And it can change everything. So I went through this whole um, study, and I decided Matthew 25 was the best place to land. I've been here before, but I thought it would be a good place to go again. And in the story, we have five foolish virgins and five wise virgins all attending a wedding. This wedding is a picture of, a, of the end times, really. This is a picture of heaven. The whole story, which we're reading at the moment, is a picture of the Lord saying, there were ten virgins, and all these virgins were aimed toward heaven. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Five prepared and five did not prepare. Five took oil and five did not take oil. And the ones who took oil were ready to go in when the bridegroom came. And five of them that were not wise were not prepared. So it has a, what's called in theological terms an eschatological, eschatos, last things, the doctrine of last things. It's a big word, but it means simply that it's, it's the study of what happens in the end. And here's what he said. This is a picture of choice. Some people choose not to prepare. You know, a lot of times where you are in life has nothing to do with the devil. The only trick that he played on you was he tricked you into not preparing yourself. Do you think you went to school for 12 years just so? They were trying to get you ready for a job. College is not just so you can go meet friends and a boyfriend. College is supposed to be so you can get you a job, take care of yourself. It's all about preparing for your future, learning how to think, learning how to be on time, learning how to manage your life, attitude, learning how to meet deadlines, learning how to respond to authority. All that's part of training. And so sometimes if you're not careful, you forget what's happening in your life and you make the wrong choices. And so Matthew 25 really has a powerful implication for the long-term of a person's life, it says, you know, you can get to a point where you'll miss the boat. Let me show you the story, and just, just follow me along. And, 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 and the first thing I want to do for you is I want to focus on the two main words in our study, wise and foolish. Can you say those words with me, please? Come on. Wise and foolish. Now, here's what I will admit to you. I have been both. Anybody can join me. Look at your neighbor and say, why your hand not up? Come on, why your hand not up? You put your hand up. Let's try it again. I have been both. Can anybody join me? We've all been wise. And we've all been foolish. All of us have. Let me look at a description that Jesus gives to the wise and the foolish. Verse 1 of Matthew 25. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise. There you go. And five were what? Foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise 
took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now, this is important. Five said, I'm taking some oil. Five said, I'm not. Now, you just kind of wonder in your mind, why would you not do what you know you should do? You can relate to that. You should exercise, but you don't. Pause for a minute. Meditate on that. Just ask yourself. We all can relate to this. We can, we can pick on these foolish virgins, but we've all been foolish. We've all eaten things. You know, I'm telling you, mm, Jesus, Lord have mercy. There's some things you just got to have right now. Name one of your got to have things sometimes. It's probably not the best, but Lord Jesus, name it. What is it? What is it? Come on, name it. What macaroni and cheese? You said it fast. You didn't even hesitate, girl. You damn, just knew exactly. Name something else. Krispy Kreme. Who said that? Krispy Kreme donuts. The devil put one right by my house too. The devil put that Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. What? 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 Not try to buy the ice cream. You tried to. Now you had to say that. Now he. You, you didn't hear him. He said he tried to be like me and not buy it. He saw me buying something. That's what he tried to say. He, he saw me at the ice cream place. <laughs> Try to put on my disguise. <laughs> name, name something else. Name something else. Fried chicken. You don't mean Popeyes, do you? Oh, that's that bad chicken. Ooh, don't eat that stuff. I'm going to tell you. you. Take the skin off if you can. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you like Popeyes chicken? Raise your hand. Father, I save them all, Jesus. Save them. <laughs> Uh, one of my members saw me, saw me at Popeye's Chicken, and she was in line in front of me. I saw it here today. I don't know where she hiding, but I saw it, and she, and she paid for my chicken. I said, God bless her in Jesus' name. Bless her. I try to take the skin off. That's what I try to do. I just take it off. Just, Lord, Jesus. no, I can't leave it on there. I can't. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. Here's the point. All of us understand the key thing is we can't overdo it because that's not wise. We've all done it. We've all eaten a little bit too much. Stayed up a little too late to watch something. You know you had to go to work the next morning. All of us have done it. So I can relate to the foolish version and I can relate to the wise version. But I'm trying my best to be wise now, look at verse 5. It describes a little bit more about the foolish virgins. We'll deal with them more next week. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, no. Say that word with me, please. At least there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. The result is pretty tragic. Verse 10. While they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready, those who were wise, went in. Those who were wise went in, and those who were not wise, the door was shut. They lost. That is one of the things you see sometimes when you meet people. They missed the ship. 
Some people call me and they'll say things to me, and I, I care. I'm compassionate, and I, I, I really do care. But it's really fascinating that we sometimes forget the choices you make put you in places that God never intended for you to be. And if you would decide today, okay, pastor, I can remember a time I had a really great job. I had a really great opportunity, but I wasn't wise. I, I did not take full advantage of that relationship. I didn't take full advantage of that church I went to. I didn't take full advantage of the community I lived in. And, and I made choices that locked me out. I see people sometimes, and they'll, they'll say to me, why am I here? And I want to say, what choices did you make? How did I get to this moment in my life? What decisions did you make? How involved did you, how involved were your mentors? Who could talk to you? Who could speak to you? It's so easy to be overwhelmed with where you are. But here's what you need to do. Instead of dwelling on what you did wrong, decide today, I want to be a knowledgeable person who does what he knows he should or shouldn't do. I want to be wise. And so what I did was when, I, when I was studying the sermon, I went around the house and I said, Ricky Temple, name wise things you've done. And then next week, name foolish things you've done. Now, that foolish part was painful. To get really honest and say, these are the foolish things I've done. Felt good to say the wise thing. So what I have for you today is I have a list of wise things. Before I do that, let me read for you the results if you're not wise. The door was shut, verse 11 of Matthew 25. The other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, surely I do not what? Know you. That's important to understand. He says we don't have any relationship. Now, that's, that's a scary thought. But I, I don't know that... Um, there are people who think they know you but really don't know you. They think they're your friends and they're really not your friends. And, and, and the way he says this is he, he draws this line, and this, is, this has some profound implications for your life eternally. He says, hey, you know, you may come to church. You may say all these words and sing these songs, but we don't really, outside of here, we don't really know each other. You and I don't really, really relate. You may say, throw a prayer at me here and there or say a word here and there to me, but we really don't have a relationship. There's a difference. And so my goal is to get you today to understand the power of that, but also make a decision. I want you to decide to live your life differently, decide to be wise. And so here is my list of things I came up with, what I call my wise days and what my wise days taught me personally, and these are really honest, I've learned that one of the things that I did that was wise was I thought ahead. Now, now, now I want you to imagine that I do a lot of funerals. And one of the things that I've noticed when we have funerals is people don't think about death until it comes. But if you think ahead and you get honest, and that's what Matthew 25 is about, He's trying to get them to think ahead. He says, you're not going to be here forever. And so he wants them to think ahead. But you can take that same principle and look at your daily life 
and ask yourself the question, am I thinking ahead? And, I, and, and as I thought about this, I said, you know, I, I did some thinking ahead. Going to college is a good think-ahead move. Uh, reading and studying ahead and planning for your families. Some, I did some really good thinking ahead stuff. And I, 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 it felt good to think about that. Here's the second thing I think I did that was wise. Number two, I, I, I thought about me. I wasn't selfish, but I was self-centered. Let me say it again. I was wrong. <laughs> I was not selfish. I was self-concerned. There you go. Not self-centered. That's bad. <laughs> self-concern is crucial. Some of you are so focused on other people, you don't think about yourself at all. And there were some moments in my life when I thought ahead, that was smart, and there were some moments in my life when I, I thought about me. What good is me running around the world and saving the world and my church is falling apart? What good is it if I'm saving everybody else's family and my family's falling apart? My kids don't know me. I'm trying to tell you about your health, and I'm unhealthy. I'm trying to tell you about your money, and my money's messed up. I'm trying to tell you about my, my, your wife and my wife, and I don't get along. I made a point to think about me, and I want you to think about yourself for a moment. I know you care about other people, but can you put your neighbors on the side for just a minute and think about you? Here you are on your job, and you're thinking about everything else but you and your ability to progress on this job. Why are you always, always on the wrong side of the company? Why is everybody at every job you work at dumb eventually? Are you thinking about your future and how you're presenting yourself to people, how you look to people, how you communicate to people? Think about you for a minute. I know you want to you make all these points about what needs to be improved, but for a moment, is it wrong, pastor, for me, if this job is not perfect, is it wrong for me to stand up and declare righteousness? No, but no, stand up, but be wise. Every time they look up, you standing up. Sit down sometime. Every time they look up, your hand's in the air. You ever been in a meeting, somebody's hands up all the time? You say, put your hand down. You asked two questions already. Stop. Take a deep breath. Think, think about your company, not somebody else's company. Think about how you can improve where you work. Think about your church. Think about what you can do in your neighborhood for your kids, your family. Be self-concerned. It's okay. God's not going to judge you for caring about yourself. I see people, you're tired. You wore out. Why are you tired? I'm helping everybody else. You better think about you. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a wise decision. I thought about that. But that's smart. Number three, third thing I did I thought was smart. I think it's smart to pick your five. Picking your five. You know, these five virgins picked each other the wise ones, they said something like this. I want you, you, no, I'm not hanging with them because you, know you, know, you, know, you know what they're going to do. Who are your five? Name five friends you picked that have been wise choices. Five people that have contributed to your life. They help you make the right decisions. They keep you with oil in your lamp. When you leave the house, those five say, you got your oil, you got your oil, you got your oil, you got your oil. Or do you hang with these five? I ain't caring nothing. 
I'm going to borrow some of hers. She got some. She She got a whole pocketbook full. She can loan me some of that all. She's my true friend. And you hang with your five. What, where did your five take you? The wisest thing I've ever done was pick the right five. The right friends who challenged me, who encouraged me to do right, who, can't, who, will, who will get all up in my business. You, ever, you, know, you know who your good friends are? You get ready to go out and they look at your clothes so you know your pants high water. You know, they tell you, you know, that you look, look at your hair. Look at your hair. Where you going with your hair like that? Where you going? Now, you need to, that one, two right there, yellow right there. Brush that one. Why are you going out like that? You need to check yourself. You know, you need those friends. Come on, say my five. Come on. Put your hands up. Say my five. Come on, you need your five. Who are your five? Friends. They check you about your money. Check you about complaining. Check you about murmuring. Check you about your life. That was smart. Wise. Thank God. And then the last one. I love the fact that they could just say no. One of the wisest things I've ever done in my life is say no. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I can't, I can't, I can't work like that. I think some of you need to say no to work. Not, not all work now. <laughs> You're working so much overtime you can't hardly see. And you're still broke. I don't have a schedule that's overwhelming. I have a busy schedule. But I, I, don't, I don't live like that. I have a very specific list of things I do on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Very specific. Tuesday's staff day. Wednesday's prayer day. Thursday's people day. 40, Friday's catch-up day. Saturday's hangout loose day. Sunday's your day. Monday is my day. Come on, say amen. amen. And I have days I study, days I read, work ahead days. I have projects, goals, objectives, because I realize if I say yes to every engagement, yes to everything, yes to every trip, yes to every organization that asks me, yes, yes, yes to every board, no, I say no. I say no most of the time. As a matter of fact, if you don't say no most of the time, you're not being wise. You can't say yes to every phone call. Oh, hold on. I'm preaching. I'll get right back with you. Hold on. I'll be right there. I mean, give me a break. Every time I look around, I'm stuck doing something that I have no business doing. I went to a church one time, and I knew I should have said no, but I said yes. And when I got there and I started preaching, and, and I looked around, I said, I shouldn't have told this guy. I think I told him five days. I knew that I was in trouble the first day. So you know what I told him? After I finished the first night, I said, I apologize. I was wrong. I should have told you one night, two nights. So I'm going to do one more night, and I'm leaving. That's it. He looked. It wasn't before the people in the church. He was scared to death. He was scared. He said, what are we going to tell him? Tell him I ain't coming back. I got to go. I got to fix this. <laughs> I can't stay here five days. Oh, no, this is terrible. I mean, not, not, and it wasn't about money. It, wasn't, it just was the wrong, just the wrong spirit, wrong atmosphere. It was just bad. It was bad church. It was bad. Sermon was bad. The music was bad. Was, we should have all gone home. It was bad. <laughs> Sometimes you are in the wrong place, in the wrong organization, with the wrong five. You need to stop all this and say no. 
I need to stop right now. This is not good. This is all bad. Come on, say amen. Come on, say, I mean, it's time to say no. Can you say no? No. no. Say it nice. Smile, smile. But it's time to say no. It's time to say no. It's time to catch your life up and say, I need to be a wise person. And let me say this as I close. It's really not just about saying it personally. Because for me, this whole sermon reached over into my job. I'm a leader. And as a leader, I had to say, man, I need to think ahead. As your pastor, I need to think ahead. I need to think about where this is going to lead us. We're building a future. Is this a wise direction for us? I had to think about us, not another church. You're in business thinking about other people's businesses. Pause for a minute. Your business is dying. Your, your bank accounts are zeroed. Think about you for just a moment. You can spend all your life. This is one thing about this, this whole this political environment. You spend all your days watching the news. Let's see what they're doing now. Oh, boy. Oh, they got a ban on. Oh, and you ain't even got a visa. You don't even have a passport. You worried about that. I'm not trying. I'm trying to be honest. Now, you're sitting there for four hours. I can't believe he got a ban, and you can't go anywhere yourself. You banned. <laughs> At some point, you got to pause and say, I need to get a grip on me. Tying up my mind. They tie you up. They tell you, sit there, and you, then you fuss about stuff you don't even understand. I just said to myself, you know, Jesus, I better focus on myself. Now, I watch. I know. I'm informed. I'm a news bug, I, I, but I, I cut it off after a few minutes. I, I read, Amen. I get my summary, Amen. and I'm done. Now, some of you need to get delivered. I'm telling you, the devil's getting you all tied down. You're mad every day. You need to lose here. Come on, say amen. Let it all go. Come on, let it all go. Let it all go. Think about yourself, and then pick your friends, and make sure you say no. Father, I pray that what we've talked about today, the things we've discussed, I pray would stir us to look in our hearts and see, have we been wise? So many of us, Lord God, we're honest. We have not been wise. But, it's, but we can find some area. There have been some wise mamas in here that hung in with their kids. been some wise daddies. There have been some wise people. Bless them. Let them feel your presence. What's it like to be the wise virgins walking in? Look at me for a second. Pause this prayer. What's it like to be the wise virgins looking around? Foolish ones, they're they gone. They're going to miss it. Wow. They come yet? No, come on, keep walking. <laughs> What's it like to leave people behind? And some of you right now, your children have not been wise, and you got to go on. You got to walk in. You can't, you, can't, you can't save them right now. What's it like to see your boy going in jail and seeing that bailiff taken behind that door? Foolish choices. What's it like to see your kids catching the bus and you know 
You already bought them two cars, but they keep crashing them, paying no attention. What's it like? Stand up there and tell the judge this marriage is irrevocable. Great God of life. Great God of life. I pastored for years. I had never seen one divorce. I had to go downtown to get my name changed. We spelled it wrong all my life. R-I-C-K-I-E. It was R-I-C-K-Y. So I went down there and he got it flipped right. And when I stood there, I was the last one in the whole court. There was a courtroom full of people and they were all getting divorced. Now, I didn't think that they would think I was getting a divorce too, but Diane told me later, so you know they probably thought you got a divorce. You know that, right? like to see those people stand not with a gown on no band raise your right hand this marriage irrevocably broken yes it is did your spouse agree with everything this document yes it is I hereby see I'm used to saying I hereby pronounce you man and wife. That's all I'd ever heard for 30 years. That's all I'd ever heard. I'd never heard these words. I hereby declare you divorced. Bam. Watch that walk off the stage. Watch that girl walk off that. I never would just walk. I wanted to run up and hug her. I, I knew that wouldn't work out good, but I, I did. <laughs> I did. I felt so moved. I wanted, where's, where's the bridesmaids? Where's the bridegroom? Where's, where's all your friends? Nobody, just you. And most of the women went alone. The men didn't show up. Most of the women were by themselves. Some of them had a friend here or there. What's it like? What's it like? She got to move on. Sometimes you got to say, no, I can't worry about that. I, gotta, I can't look back. I can't worry about that. Walk off that job with your stuff in your hand. Gave you all your life to this job, and now you got to go on and build something else. Father, let us learn from this story today. Be like those wise virgins who had the courage to walk in without their friends. Walk in by themselves and say, I have to start over. I have to move to a new city. I, I'm in Savannah. I'm in a new place. I'm in a new town. I'm, I have a new job. But I want you to lift your hand with me. Father, I speak healing today. Courage to the wise. Courage to them in Jesus' name. Courage to keep on walking. Courage to know that God has their life in his hand. And that God, you'll give them strength. That they will be wise. And they will build a future. And they'll take a different approach. A different approach to their life and their future. In Jesus' name. Give God a big amen. Come on, a big amen.